So I'm just a huge fan that I think the best top performers are amazing at getting the right group of people together that just do one thing really well. Like Jack Ma, founder of Alibaba, worth 30-something billion dollars. He's not the smartest. He's not the face of the company. Recently, he is. Not the best speaker. Not the best salesman. But he's just kind of brought things together. Just brings people in. So what I sometimes describe to clients when they ask me the question, how are you able to run such a big business? Well, I figured out a little niche in the market. There are a lot of great painters out there. Not a lot of great salesmen and people who can acquire customers. So what I am in Etobicoke and Kingsway, I've pretty much become a broker of paint jobs where I would acquire clients and organize painters. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hey, leaders. I am fantastically excited about sharing an interview with you today with one of our, well, first of all, he broke the all-time rookie record. His name is Amir Abushakra. He works in Etobicoke, uh, more specifically the Kingsway area of Etobicoke uh, in Toronto. And last year, he did $225,000 worth of business, which is just spectacular. And our all-time veteran record was set last year as well because our records just keep getting set and then rebroken and rebroken and rebroken. Uh, but it was set by a name by a gentleman by the name of Marnus Kupsi from Queen's University. He's in full-time engineering at 310,000. And so Amir, and one of the big reasons I wanted to have him on, changed the, the target and said, I'm going to set a goal of 500 thousand dollars. Oh my. <laughs> so Amir, why don't we just dig in? First of all, welcome to, uh, to, to our podcast. And, and what was your thinking about setting such an outrageous target? Yeah, thanks, Chris, for having me on the show. Um, I think this uh, goes back to a lot of asking and advice that I ask from veterans in this industry. And one of the biggest things that I was warned about was this word complacency. And to me, that was, that meant unmotivated. That's what that meant, that word meant. So as I'm sure some of you may not know, but typically the sign back period for somebody to come back is, is around like August. Yes. I signed back in November. And the reason why that was is because I really wanted to find uh, the right reason to come back. Because I'm a strong believer that the goals that we set, we hit. It's just, you want to be average, you'll, you'll be average, right? If I wanted to be just uh, you know, working at TD and stayed that path, then I will be working at TD, staying that path, the safe path, taking the route. 
So when I first came into student work, there was this opportunity for me to be risky. And not just risky, but honestly, my personal name wasn't on risk. It was student work. So <laughs> the way I saw it was I could pretty much do whatever I want. And the only repercussion would be, you know, just directly with the client and anything like that. So with this business model, I just imagined it like a sandbox where I can get to play and find something out about myself that I never would have get the chance to find out otherwise. So what I wanted to kind of figure out last year was what would happen if I worked really, really hard. And, and then we got that result, which was amazing. It was great. Now, this year, when signing back, setting a goal where I could have easily just said, hey, I can make a bit less, less money this year, but I would be working much more safely, more guaranteed, didn't really fit my personality, didn't really drive me. So I said, hey, okay, I got I to gotta go and try and break this record, the 310000 And judging by our performance last year, that it was my first year doing it, I had a manager that was really good, but you know, was a lot of room for improvement. I had a bunch of painters that were really good, but there weren't that many of them. And I only canvassed in like two postal codes. I truly imagined that I would be able to successfully break the three hundred and ten thousand dollar record. Um, and I just wanted to set a goal higher than that. So three fifty was where my head went, but ah. Uh, 350 is just kind of sounded weird. So I was like, okay, 400. That's, it's kind of like the four minute mile. I'm like the 400K in student work. It's like nobody's done it. Maybe that's the limit. I'm like, okay, if I can set the goal to 400, that would be amazing. And I think I would hit it. So it didn't really scare me. I know I'd have to work a lot and have to develop myself and discover new skill sets to be able to achieve that. But it didn't, it didn't really scare me. So one of my friends, uh, works at uh, Scotiabank was like, Amir, you have to go for half a million. And <laughs> that scared me. I was like, do I want to set that goal? What would happen if I tell everybody and it doesn't work out? And what if truly I wasn't good enough and I didn't have it? So I was really scared and I was very self-conscious about that goal. And I caught myself asking these questions and I'm like, aha. This is exactly why my goal should be 500K, because it makes me self-conscious. It makes me scared, doubtful. And for all these reasons, I just have to attack it and set that goal. And really, in actuality, if I don't hit that goal and fall short, nobody's going to come up to me. Oh, Amir, you're a failure. (laughs) Of course. Hopefully, that's not going to happen. And I don't think it will happen. So. When I set this goal, it was to directly combat complacency because I saw this trend where somebody would do really good in their first year, but in their second year, they would match it or do just a bit higher. And from talking with them, they sounded a bit defeated, not as motivated. And that's what I figured out. I'm like, it's, it's all about the goal. So when I set this a very ambitious goal, yeah, you know, at the time I was thought very ambitious. When January 6th came around and the goal was September 10th or August 26th, um, it was very scary, but I worked backwards. So I won't go too too deep into that, but when setting a goal, I just wanted something that scared me, made me feel self-conscious. And I knew that I had to become a different 
person to achieve that. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And I, I, I think it's so, so powerful. And, and, uh, I know for me, Amir, just to share, um, I, I think about 20 years ago, set a goal of, of uh, creating our big, hairy, audacious goal at StudentWorks to create a thousand millionaires. And I got to tell you, it is like that for me. It's, it's frightening. It's hard to say it in the front of the room. It's, it's challenging. It's, you know, oh, come on, you know, and, you know, what do you think? And, and, and all those thoughts go on in my head. And, um, a lot of people ask me, how, how are you still so motivated, right, in this business? And one of the reasons, I think, is that big, hairy, audacious goal that I'm like, oh, I put my name to yeah. it. And, and I'm not backing down. And it goes in literature. And, and um, you know, uh, we're, I'm actually starting to count our, our millionaires and starting to sort of, uh, you know, identify them and, and, and uh, you know, really, really making it even a bigger thing. And it's scary. So, so you're right. Like when our goals scare us, they get us out of our comfort zone. And that's where we are. That's where life is. That's where the juice of yeah. life is. And for our viewers that didn't know this, I have to share this about you, Chris. Uh, when I first signed yeah. on to student work, I remember I went out for breakfast with Chris yeah. at this place right next to where we both live. And I was asking him questions. And I told him how I did this much as a sales manager for a gentleman named Michael Hawley. Uh, and shout out Michael Holly wherever you are. And <laughs> he listens. Yeah, he listens yeah, to the yeah. podcast. Great guy. I love him. <laughs> and we were sitting down and we were about to sign in for for what, 2018, my first time running a business. And I asked Chris, like, hey, my goal would probably be 150. So my, my goal last year was 150, then I slowly increased it to 250. But uh, I, I stood there and I asked Chris, what's your crazy goal? Like, I'm sh- surely you're not just doing this you know, try and hit whatever amount of millions per year. Yeah. What's your ultimate crazy goal? Yeah. And Chris, I remember you were kind of hesitating. You didn't really want to say <laughs> it. And all of a sudden you yeah. said a thousand million and that's minimum a billion dollars generated because we do have some alumni that have exceed, exceeded a hunded million on their own. So this yes, could be a goal where, yeah. you know, the power or the snowball effect where Chris Thompson, right, would create over $1 billion worth of wealth in Canada. And yeah. that really blew me away. But I just wanted to share it. Chris is totally right. This was something. That <laughs> and it does make me feel uncomfortable. And by the way, as well, just so, so just, just to clarify, it is co-create is being some part of a, a part of it, uh, some part of, of, of taking some amazing, amazing people, providing them, habits and skills and early coaching that's that that can be part of their amazing careers okay so um so it is in no way uh you know owning that or uh, you know i'm responsible in any way whatsoever it's always about our just amazing people in our business but but it, it, it again you can see that for me it is it does make me a little uncomfortable just like it's doing for you and i love that you picked up on that and you're seeing that and you're going i don't want any complacency so one of the things that you have done really, really remarkably in our business is really connect with people in our business, like, like learn from them, grow from them. I know you have a weekly call with Austin. I know you're really connected with all sorts of people. It's like Amir was talking to me on, oh, can I go talk to Amir? Like, 
So why don't you describe what you do maybe from the start and, 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 and what you gain from that? Because this is, this is, by the way, for our young leaders, an enormous, enormous best practice. And, and uh, it's certainly something as well, early in my career, I was doing it, not say early in my career, I still do. I'm always reaching out to people when I need to know something and, and hey, way better to go find out what they're doing. So, uh, so Amir. Correct. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. So simple saying, the cliche, if, if you're not the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. I think this would apply to anything else. If you're not the uh, wealthiest person in the room, you're, if you are the wealthiest person, you're in the wrong room. So with the student work, this, I saw this opportunity to reach out to people who I saw were doing amazing things like, wow, same business line, same systems. They're so far. How do I get there? So just like in school where if you want to get a 4.0, you would talk with a student with a 4.0. I saw in student works this, I remember I was sitting on the laptop and I was looking at leaderboards and I opened it up. And I'm like, oh, look at this guy. He's like at 200,000 and it's, uh, it's beginning of June. Wow, this is really cool. And then I scroll down on his name. I see his phone number. I'm like, what on earth? Like, is this a, a leak of some sort? Like, <laughs> how do I have this guy's number? And he was up in Kingston. His name was Marnus. Shout out Marnus. And dialed him up. I'm like, hopefully this is the right number. I'm not sure. Is this like, what is it? A call? And then he picks up and he's like, Marnus Kotsi. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is real. I'm like, hey, Marnus, this is Amir down in Toronto. We're checking you out on the leaderboard. I'm trying to push myself to the limit this summer. And it looks like you're doing something right with sales, right? So whenever I ask questions with these people, I assume that I don't know anything. Like, like I right. reset, I'm just starting out. Even till this day, like I, I sometimes mingle with, uh, other business owners that are doing millions of dollars. And I pretend I know nothing about the industry, even though I might know some stuff about real estate, for example, and how to do that. I would just assume I know nothing and go there. So with Marnus, I just asked him questions like, what does your week look like? Do you, how, many, how many times a week do you can? Right. What's your sales pitch? Right. What's your conversion? Right. What does your client manual look like? Are you the only one selling? How often do you upsell? When approaching a paint job, do you try and sell quality or convenience? So I would ask all these questions, and then I would just basically gauge in my head. It's a very simple fact. If somebody else can do it, I can do it. That's just how I feel. Right. Like He's a human with two hands and two legs. I'm a human with two hands and two legs. That's all I need. So once I'm able to understand, okay, these are the little things he's doing, directly I would take it and implement it into my business. And while I'm going door to door, and it's like three hours in. I would just remember I'm tired, but to get to the level that Marnus is, I just have to push this little feeling aside and do that extra hour. And oh, you know, Saturdays I would want to just, you know, play some video games and relax. Well, I can definitely do that, but to get to Marnus's level, I'm gonna have to push this video game aside and and just do like a nine to nine of just meetings with clients. And I was I was okay to doing that, right? Yeah. So that's why in the system, I was able to understand there's every operator in Stoneworks is able to do something really well. Like I'm willing to bet you there's somebody in the leaderboards who stains deck like nobody's business. Right. Like they're just the best. They price it the best. They upsell it the best. 
they have this crazy technique and they use this one product. So if you're able to find this guy, now you're implementing in your small part of your business, just staining a best practice that has been tried for and tested because it's just, it's clear. This business has been running for 40 years. Uh, over $400 million has been done. Thousands of people have done this. Surely, surely one of those people was the best at doing one thing. So I would kind of take this idea and just kind of scale it down to surely at least one person this year does it the best than anybody else. And I would try and find them. So for example, there was a, a business that was kind of merged together up north with, uh, with an operator. And I called her. Like, How do you handle that? House production looking like? Do you have managers? So it gauged that she was really good at delegating. I'm like, right. That little aspect. Marnus was really good at production. He was really fast. So I would take with him, hey, Marnus, how many crews do you have? Oh, I have seven crews. Oh, wow. I'm on five crews. My goal is around 70% of his size. So probably I need 70% of the amount of crews. But if I add one more just to be safe, then six crews should get me to my goal. And then it would seem to be correct. Right. So I would go and nitpick. I would just look through and try and understand while well, networking in, in different events, reading the leaderboards, listening into phone calls. Somebody that for, for an aspect where an individual has showed extreme confidence in a certain specific area of the business, I would snipe them, get them on the phone and get that information. They're really good at ladder training. Wow. How do you conduct your landing training? Perfect. Put it on Excel, tell my people how to do it, implement it. It's done. Now we're the best at ladder training because Alex does great ladder training. So that's how I was able to reach out in my business because I figured out I'm just kind of a, I'm just collecting pieces of the puzzle yeah. all over. This yeah. is like what, 200 people in the business. One puzzle here is, okay, this guy really manages interiors well. This guy manages exteriors really well. This guy's done scaffolding projects before. This guy's done boomless projects before. This guy sold $20,000 jobs. What was his presentation like? Uh, this guy is consistently beats budget. This guy seems to be really relaxed and not overworking. What's his secret? This guy does decks really well. Uh, this guy's clients are raving about him. And like Austin Trudeau, this guy's caused the buzz. I'm scared to walk in his turf and canvas because everybody's probably Austin Trudeau is a household name in his area because he does such good work. Yeah. And that's his focus is to be known in that one specific area. He is a small turf, wants to dominate. To do that, he needs to go on Facebook and do these things. Right. So I'm like, oh, wow. How does he maintain such high quality? Oh, he's on job sites this much. He's able to do this much. So I'm just a puzzle puzzle collector, getting it all together, and I'm adding my own spin. Just like when you're baking a cake, you get one ingredient, one ingredient, you add your little spin to it, and you present it. So that's just an overwhelming advantage that I saw. Well, that's no, that's fantastic. It's 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 learning from other people's experience, and and one of the best opportunities is, you know, student works. There's just so many amazing people. And so, um, you know, I, like you did the same thing, you know, just learn and learn and learn and network and network. And, and again, try to provide value, you know, here's what I'm doing and, and just, just gain more and more knowledge. Uh, it's just so powerful, you know, uh, um, you know, your network is your net worth, you know, <laughs> it's a, you know, great saying. And, uh, and so, so, um, what do you think, obviously that's something top performers do differently, but what do you think top performers do differently? I think top performers focus on what they're good at. 
I am really good at, not to like toot my own horn, but I just figured out from experience, I am really successful when it comes to sales, recruiting, management, delegation systems. Notice how I never said painting, staining, or anything on site. That's right. Yeah. I get on a job site, I get all stressed. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is what is going on. And then my production manager slowly put me back in my car and they're like, go ahead. <laughs> Send me off. Go sell and something, Amir. <laughs> yeah, like Ben Cook and Patrick Needler, shout out to those guys. They are amazing, detail-oriented, organized, timely, integrous, reliable painters and on-site managers. I can't do what they're doing. So I'm able to recognize that. This is a business. And one of the coolest things about running a business, if you're not good at something, you hire somebody to do that. Mm-hmm. And you let them shine. Yeah. So Ben and Patrick are really good at production. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, look, here's this and this, and here's the system. Okay, you want this better? Boom, boom, boom. Adjust it. Give them what they want, and they run with it. Absolutely. And I'm able to rely upon, like, hey, you know, we have a project that needs to get done. I'm able to train the painters with my managers, send them off, and I trust them to be able to do that. Like, eventually, I'm thinking of pivoting into software. I haven't been coding for 10 years, but I will be hiring people who will be coding for 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. I don't know nothing about coding, right. but I know how about maybe business-to-business relationships, client retention, um, maintaining motivation in an office space, in a workplace, uh, having proper compensation methods, and all about that. So I'm able to just focus on that and make it really work. So I'm just a huge fan that I think the best top performers are amazing at getting the right group of people together that just do one thing really well. Like Jack Ma, founder of Alibaba, worth 30-something billion dollars. He's not the smartest. He's not the face of the company. Recently, he is. Not the best speaker. Not the best salesman. But he's just kind of brought things together. Just brings people in. So... What I sometimes describe to clients when they ask me the question, how are you able to run such a big business? Well, I figured out a little niche in the market. There are a lot of great painters out there, not a lot of great salesmen and people who can acquire customers. So what I am in Etobicoke and the Kingsway, I've pretty much become a broker of paint jobs where I would acquire clients and organize painters. And that's what apparently I'm good at that. But I'm not good at the painting portion. I leave that to the professionals. Leave that to Patrick and Ben. So just finding what you're good at, sticking with it. I'm not a strong believer in tightening your weaknesses. Yeah. Like your weaknesses are your weaknesses for a reason. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna go out there and practice juggling for ten hours a day and <laughs> solving Rubik's cubes blindfolded. Just that's a weakness of mine that I don't need to. I don't like. So I don't want to enjoy. Unless you really like something, then maybe that's what you do. But yeah. I think top performers just uh, are lucky enough. I think it takes them out of certain luck to find out what you're really good at and then are smart enough to just triple, double down on that one thing. I can't agree more. And, I, you know, and I, I, again, I, for me, I focus on three things, you know, well, you know, sort of coaching, training, enrollment. You know, that those are the three things I do and and uh, and I'm blessed with just amazing, amazing people in my organization as well. Uh, and you know, and, and then just keep focusing there. 
and just, you know, and, and, and have the, 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 the structures of the business support you so that you can add value there. And that's, and I can just see that's where you're doing. And, and, and just, just for people who don't know, as you're listening to this podcast, uh, Amir is over $275,000 by the middle of May and just moved his target to $550,000. So this is not something that, um, well, you know, again, we never know what the future is, but certainly this looks like it is, it is happening. Certainly looks like, you know, literally, uh, an organization that's been around for four, 40 years is going to, that, that his tar- targets go up and up and up, usually a little bit, 10 or 20,000, 10%. But now, <laughs> I don't know, I, I'm not very good with uh, the, the math on that, but it's a huge percentage increase. And uh, so, you know, could you have seen yourself here, you know, running a over $500,000 business 18 months ago? No. There is... Uh... There's no way I would have seen myself. I kind of, I probably could have seen myself setting the goal. Right. I got to be honest with you. The person you're interviewing now is not the same person that will be able to run a $500,000 business. In the next couple of months, I will slowly turn into that person. So right now, I'd say I'm at like a $300,000, $350,000 level. In a month or so, I'll get to four hundred, and then at five hundred. And then eventually, maybe one day, we'll do a million. So I probably could have seen myself setting the goal, but that goal would have been probably based on ego and not reality or what's possible. But no way I could have seen myself actually doing it. Like we have already completed $85,000 worth of work. Right. That's, uh, I, I still can't believe it. <laughs> I, I just can't believe it. Yeah. $85,000 worth of work is the Mexico target for our rookie operators. And Amir has completed it by, um, sorry, Amir's team um, has completed it by May 16th because Amir does not paint. And Amir has <laughs> an amazing group of painters. And why don't you share, I guess, before the podcast, you were just telling me about, about the team and how you acquired the team. Oh, actually, before we do that, I wanted to to make sure our leaders picked up what Amir was saying because what he was saying was really, really wise um and very aware is amir is becoming someone who he was not before that's actually what um um leaders do is they grow into becoming more and more of 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 uh of their future self and you're growing into a more and more powerful person and that's and that's that's the that's the process is uh, that that we take you through at Student Works is is how do I literally start you know in January you know as just I, I'm a, I'm a full time student like Amir is but I become a full time student who could actually you know run just an enormous an enormous business it's 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 mind blowing um, and again lots of work lots of commitment lots of focus you know. But uh, but w- w- what about your team and what, what were you sharing about that, uh, Amir? Because I thought it was really fascinating. Uh, yeah, so uh, the area I'm in is, is very dense. So it's in, the, it's in the city. So I was able to identify that uh, one of the biggest things when coming to student works, I just had to get the turf that I lived at. The turf that I had went to high school, turf that I went to middle school, the turf that I, where I lived and made all my things. And I figured out this one thing that if you can find two or three people that you kind of are mutual friends with or kind of know in the area 
that are A painters, quality people that you just look forward to working with on a day to day basis. Those personalities are 90% of the time have certain friendships with other people that share the exact same characteristics. And then those friends have more. So probably one person in my 14 employee business, one person was not a referral. Wow. And I really have to give credit to Ben Cook because he started out as just a simple online app job application, but he had this massive network that we both kind of had mutual friends with. So let's say he knew, for example, uh, Bob. I would know Bob's younger brother. So he would, we would kind of know the same people. Right. And once we figured that out, Ben had this sort of relationship with them to reach out and be like, hey, look, here's what we're doing this summer and to be able to bring that in. I would be able to reach out to uh, most painters when I hire them. The first question I do once we finish shaking hands, finding documents, okay, great. Who would you like from your friend group? Who would you like to paint with this summer? I would assume, I would have them assume that we have nobody else for them to paint with. Right. They have to figure out somebody to find to work with. And it works because there's, they never thought of that as possible. Their entire lives, they're, just like myself, I've been taking jobs where I'm just meeting strangers and yeah. they don't ask me if I want to work with my friends. And all yeah. of a sudden I'm telling them, hey, you're going to be spending this whole summer outside. Well, who's your best friend? Is he looking for a job? Awesome. And most of the time, their eyes light up and it's like, wow, yeah, you call this guy. And then I would hire that guy and he would tell me to call this guy. You know, hire that guy. So they just snowballed. And I give huge credit to Ben because he brought along his sister and then his sister brought on along some of her friends. And then me and Ben brought along other individuals from our high school. And then those people brought their friends. And slowly, he's just grown. And again, shout out to Michael Hawley, his best interior painter. He referred to me. And my business was large enough to support a full-time professional painter. And we were able to maintain that. And he's just, uh, it's been amazing. So just referrals have had this effect where, my business would exponentially increase in employees uh, with the same quality, the same attitude, same characteristics. Totally, totally. Um, one thing I want to acknowledge you for, uh, Amir, and I want the leaders listening to hear it. And just think about, wouldn't it be amazing to work with Amir? Just think about how he talks about his people how he's so proud of them, how he he acknowledges them for, for the things that they contribute to his business. It's not me, 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 Amir. It's it's look at what we're doing. Look at what I was able to give. Uh, Michael Hawley, you know, referred me into the business and, and so-and-so is doing this. I just I just love it. And, and again, it's part of, uh, an enormous part of why, what's happening for you, Amir. You know, it's, it's being created uh, because of the space that, that you're creating for, for people. So it's like, and, and, and even, even how you described yourself that you go to the job site and get stressed and you're, you guys would walk you back to the car. Okay. It's okay. Don't, don't get so stressed. We got it, buddy. You know, I can just, I can just see it. And, and I can, I, I know that's true. Um, and, uh, and, and again, it's, it's allowing them to shine in their space so, so again, they're really happy that Amir shining in his face and it, it's allowing them to be the biggest people they can be. So it's just perfect. Uh, no, thanks, Chris. This is uh, usually um, like a side of myself I don't like to show, but uh, it's, uh, I'm definitely extremely grateful for the team I have. And um, 
I, I, I do love them to death and I do want them to succeed. And this, this whole thing is this whole foundation. Like what, what am I selling here? I'm selling air. Like, I'm not really selling anything. It's my team that gets it done. And, um, they really are. Tell more to the group. Um, and, and our listeners about why, why, and this is something that I've never heard of it before, before you said it is, is literally we're selling air. So why do you argue that? Why do you say that? Yeah. So here, very simple. We're currently staining a deck for a lady that we booked the job with on January 14th. There was snow on the floor. We couldn't even see the deck floor. And she wrote us a $1,000 deposit to stain her deck. I called her one week ago. She didn't even remember who I was. Like, hey, you know, we're coming to stain your deck. <laughs> Can we come and stain it? I was like, who, who is this? Amir. Amir from where? I'm like, student work. I'm like, oh, Amir, yes. Okay, perfect. Yes, you can. Of course, you can come and stain my deck. But like, this whole business is is built on action. And when a client writes us a, a deposit check. It's like incredible because we're not giving them anything up front. There's just a promise. And that's why if you were to ask me, what's the most important thing for me? It's integrity. Like it's doing things. If you say you're going to do something, you do it. Otherwise, just don't say anything. Yeah. So like these clients are putting so much trust and this is my neighborhood. This is where I'm raised. These people know my teachers. These people know my friends. So, you know, as a salesman, like sure a lot of sales like to pat themselves in the back but really we should slow down here we're doing nothing here but just getting people interested it's people like jamie francis dennis patrick colin sune montesir that get it done like these are the people at the, at the forefront that just make it happen so it's a whole team effort and that's why i call myself as a broker because these guys wouldn't be painting unless i sold we won't be selling unless they're painting. Yeah. It's a mutual relationship. And it's just like absolutely incredible. That's why I love business. That's why I fell in love with business. It's a win, win, win. Yeah. Client gets the deck painted. I pay off my tuition. Painters do something for the summer that helps pay their tuition as well. I'm learning. Clients build a relationship with our with each other. My painters are getting job offers from their from our clients. Yeah. Like it, crazy. Yeah. Like where else does this happen in the world? Yeah, well, we're so so lucky. Yeah, so yeah. so fortunate. like in sports, you need to have a loser. Mm -hmm. um, in business, I'm a strong believer. There's this book. It's like a, a blue ocean strategy. I think. Yes, and I'm a strong believer in that. Just because my business is doing well doesn't mean another painting business is doing badly. There's so much work out there mm -hmm. that everybody can win. And and there and there is, and we're so fortunate to be living here in Canada, where there's all these amazing people who want to support students, who 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 yep. want to support a young business person or just any business person. Oh, wow, look what this person is saying they're going to give me, and then wow, and then they do, and then they do, and like you said, it's so important that we follow it up and do what we say, right? And just that that integrity and that yeah, and there's there's people involved in that integrity, like you said, and then there's systems and processes. Right. Because I know as well, you've got to, you know, you're tracking everything and you're keeping track and you're making sure. And again, you're calling in advance and all these sorts of things that you're doing to make sure that those promises are kept. Because in the end, that's what we want to do. We want to keep our promise. Yeah. I just want to add a little point there. Yeah. Um, I saw this as a huge red flag in the existing market. The fact that a, a, a 20 year old like myself 
with 14 employees, absolutely dominating uh, an area that's high net worth that really relies on professional companies. For someone like myself to be doing so well is a red flag to what already exists in the market. You are so right. For someone to be integrous is unheard of in this industry. Yes. For someone to provide full transparency is unheard of. For someone to say that they were not that I'm not going to get paid unless you're happy doesn't exist. A, a person who loves feedback. Hey, Amir, these soffits still not completed. We would like to get more prep on it. Perfect. Thanks for the feedback. Painters get better. I get better. It's unheard of. Simple things like being nice, saying yes and thank you, keeping your word, are so unheard of in this existing market that a 20-year-old like myself is running a half a million dollar business. That's a red flag to what already exists there. I should, my business should not exist hypothetically in the market. Yeah. I've never painted more than a day. Like it should, why am I, it just doesn't, it doesn't, it boggles my mind. Yeah. And it was until I figured out this fact that what already exists, people have been primed to expect the worst. It's just incredible. Being a good guy just gets me these crazy referrals that are otherwise would not have came if I didn't do simple things like show up on time and yeah. buy the stain that I thought I was going to buy. Right. So simple. So simple. Yeah. Some people don't do that. Right. And, and these people are the bedrock on, on why a lot of people like in student work are doing it so successfully. Yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're so right. And I think it's important as well that we acknowledge you know, again, we are sitting on or standing on the shoulders of all sorts of smart people who've run and supported this business and put all sorts of amazing systems and yeah. the database and the brand that we stand on is the brand of amazing people before who who allow, uh, you know, young people to go out and just, just do remarkable things. And you're right. One of the distinct foundations in our, in our economy is, is, just to simply do, you know, the four for ability habits, do what you say, finish what you start, say please and thank you and be on time consistently, overwhelmingly will make you a top performer in any industry. Literally, um, you know, it, it, it literally does. And, and uh, um, you know, the foundation, you know, it, it is transferable to other skills and other other uh, opportunities. But that's, I think, yeah. one of the biggest thing. Um, so so it, it is so unique because it's so easy not to. So easy to, to go and cheat bet on the skill. It's so easy not to yeah. wake up. It's so easy not to go canvassing. It's so easy not to treat people well. It's so easy to cheat people, you know, um, and think you're making more money and think you're profiting, right? It's just so easy to do that. So, yeah, like just long-term macro versus micro. Yes. And, and that's, that's what I build my business on. Like just, just to share the way my business model works, I legitimately don't make, I still won't make a dollar until like July. Because it's just like, I'm thinking macro. Like, let's just front end the business, cover these expenses, get people going. Yeah. And then once the business is big enough, we're able to kind of, that's when the profitability starts. That's when that stuff happens. So the macro stuff, like, oh, if I buy this, take 20 bucks on the stain. Yeah. Chris, I think you nailed it on the head. Yeah. And so anything, just two more questions. Anything you'd like to share with the leaders, the young leaders, uh, anything you'd like to share with the young leaders on the podcast? Uh, yeah, so I, I definitely recommend, um, we're in an age right now where we're just consuming content. 
doesn't, we're on our phone between five to eight hours a day. Proven fact. What are we doing in these eight to 10 hours, five to, ten, five to eight hours? What are we consuming? So I would just like to recommend a couple of people on Instagram. I know a lot of people spend a lot of time on Instagram, but I recommend people follow that I think help me. Because again, this the concept I showed earlier about always trying to reach out to somebody who's better, better. I found that for this year, I'm reaching out to more people outside of this business that are doing millions of dollars, close to becoming billionaires that I would not the chance have to mingle with other than being exposed to their content. So Grant Cardone, I would highly recommend getting on here. He has a simple rule called 10X and talks about how your goal, whatever your goal is, you can probably add a zero to the end of it and you can still probably hit it. Um, I highly recommend him. And then Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. If you can just Google or look up Gary V, I highly, highly recommend consuming his content as well. Totally recommend both. I've read, I've written, I've read their books, you know, listened to a bunch of their material. They're great. And, and, and uh, yeah, so that's, that's awesome. So final question, um, Amir, when you think of a leader of tomorrow, uh, what do you think of? Uh, like Elon Musk just jumps into mind. Okay. Um, I think a leader of tomorrow, uh, if we really dissect that, a leader for today sounds like a uh, just counterintuitive to what a leader should be. You know, Simon Sinek talks about how leaders should eat last. Yes. So a leader for tomorrow is one who's able to make sacrifices today. So companies that are very green. So again, just to draw from somebody that everybody knows, like Elon Musk, uh, when he first started Tesla, he was getting hammered by the guys down in New York that his business will fail, hammered by other companies for his car design, hammered for the way he talks and studies, hammered by the way he looks, hammered by the what they thought was selling PayPal at an amount that's less than he should have, criticism, criticism, criticism doesn't care. His eye are set to Mars. Literally, this guy is a leader for tomorrow where he just wants, he's planning for like 2050, 2060. And it's those people, I think, that win the marketplace. It's these, Tesla has done zero marketing. Zero. And you're just, you're just seeing that all over. So for Tesla to do so successfully um, is quite incredible. Yeah, no, well, he's so amazing. And again, there's another, another book I recommend his, 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 his autobiography is, is, is awesome. Um, so, so Amir, um, you know, thank you so much for, uh, coming on, on our, uh, on our, uh, our podcast. Um, uh, I'm, I'm super excited to, uh, to, you know, uh, be there with you. Cause I get the opportunity. One of the cool things is I get the opportunity to work directly with Amir this season and I'm just loving it and be part of a small, small part of, uh, uh, you know, uh, seeing this record get broken and seeing literally the ceiling on our business being created at a whole other level. And he's driving, uh, other people to chase them. Uh, at a whole other level. And that's, that's what's great when you hang out with top performers is they, they, you know, just keep pushing and pushing and pushing uh, and challenging. And that's, that's just so awesome. So thank you so much. Thanks, Chris, for having me. Hey, leaders. 
We've got a ton more interviews like this one coming up in the next few weeks. So if you're listening and you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to Leaders of Tomorrow. If you enjoy our content, please give us a share on your Facebook feed, or better yet, tell your three most driven and entrepreneurial friends about this podcast so they can join us in discovering what set these powerful business leaders apart from the crowd at such a young age.